Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations about all the topics, including things you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I am Hula Ramos, your host, and I'm joined today by Linda Schwartz. How are you doing, Linda? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. I'm so excited because this is our very first podcast um, uh, that we are going to be presenting of Asian Voices Radio. Yes. And um, we'll talk about ourselves in just a few minutes. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about this podcast. Now, Asian Voices Radio is formatted as a weekly 30-minute podcast series for everybody. It's hosted by myself um, or with myself, excuse me, along with various co-hosts. And we're going to provide a stronger voice in the growing podcast media space representing our underserved Asian and Pacific American communities. Now, what does that all mean? We're going to basically talk about things you probably didn't want to talk about with your parents and... Uh, that's kind of what this podcast is about, <laughs> so to speak. But uh, so it's, yeah, it's about myself. Uh, or it's not about myself. It's hosted by myself. What am I even saying? Um, it's hosted for myself. I'm Hula. If you don't know who I am, I was in the radio business for over 19 years here in San Diego. Started on a little radio station called Channel 933, which is a top 40 radio station here in San Diego. And worked my way um, just sharing my life stories with people and connecting and you know, just just really being honest with them about how my life was, you know, going. And uh, did it for 19 years. Unfortunately, last year, I got the boot, as uh, it seems to be during this whole pandemic, you know, everybody getting laid off and all that kind of good stuff. But it's okay, because I do have a podcast of my own called Life with Hula. And I continue sharing my life stories about myself and about my children and about my wife and just everything about my life. So that's uh, pretty much me in a nutshell. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Linda. Oh, this is like such an open-ended question. Where do I start? Um, hmm, anything you were specific? born. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you are the host of the wildly popular uh, She Shed comedy podcast, correct? Oh, you are just so sweet. Thank you. Yes, I am. And She Shed Comedy is a podcast that is dedicated to empowering women who are pursuing a career in comedy, whether that's stand-up, improv, sketch, writing, whatever it is that uh, women want to do in comedy. It, it's, you know, it's dedicated to helping them um, take that route. What made you decide to create this podcast? Are you yourself a comedian? Yes, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been uh, pursuing that for quite some time. And, you know, I took a long break. And then when I decided to come back into the game, I was looking for something like this as a resource to really help me get jump started and keep me motivated and stay empowered and really want to tackle it. Cause it's such a male dominated industry that, um, I, I was like, well, there's nothing really out there. So let me just go ahead and start my own thing. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, cause I mean, to be honest with you in the radio industry, I got to meet a lot of comedians and, you know, through the course of my career and yeah, you're right. You know, you had amazing, you know, comedians. When I first started in radio back in 2000, it was mostly male, you know, dominated. And then as we, you know, got into more of, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, you have this like surge of uh, female comedians. Like, I mean, like Ali Wong. Yeah, of is course. Is an amazing yes. comedian. 
I mean, uh, Vicky Barbalock. Is, I did love I say Vicky. her last? She's amazing. We we got introduced to her in America's Got Talent, and she's yes. from San Diego. I I interviewed her on my show. How is she? She is fantastic. Um, I've I believe that she's on a little break, but I think she's doing. She's actually doing a little. Um, a what do you call those uh charity shows she's doing a charity show soon so i know that she's she's checking i know she's checking she's a survivor so i'm i have no doubt she's doing all right well yeah everybody's kind of had to change things around gears around because of the pandemic i mean obviously with comedy i mean the first thing because i i did work like i said in radio and i also worked at a art center which presented shows and the first thing out the gate that uh, seemed to be canceled were all these entertainment, yeah. you know, things, including comedy. So, you know, through the beginning of last year, I felt like, wh- what were comedians really doing? Like, you you couldn't really do anything, right? No, uh, we couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't even go out. We couldn't. Uh, for the first six months, it seemed like we were just sitting at home. Well, I also had just had a baby. So I, you know, oh. stay, I, I became a stay at home mom, but the direct, it became more of a directive, like, Hey, stay at home, mom. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, <laughs> um, so um, y- you know, we all just kind of stayed at home and we were just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And I, because I was still a new mom, I was like, okay, what can I do to, keep this dream alive inside of myself. And, you know, I talked to my friends a lot about comedy, but that wasn't really helping because, you know, we couldn't really get out there and do it. And I was on hiatus anyway for a little while because I was pregnant and my feet were enormous and I couldn't stand up. So, you know, (laughs) it's, anyway. Um, So I started taking some classes and that really helped, but, you know, there were just so many mixed messages about being, uh, what was open, what could open, what we could do, what we couldn't do. And I think at one point um, I was, I, I, Mike Vin, who you mentioned earlier, uh, posted mm-hmm. something about, hey, is there anybody with a backyard who would be willing to have a show in their backyard? And I was like, yes, me, me, me. <laughs> and, um, you know, nothing ever came out of that because I think that there was some other logistical things that uh, were in the way. But um, at any rate, you know, I think everybody in the comedy world and in the service industry has just been itching and waiting and wanting to go back to work. And um, I know that, you know, my, my friends who are in comedy have been, um, well, number one, if they don't have a good paying job, they're definitely, you know, having a really hard time. And those of us who aren't having a hard time, it's like, okay, we're just kind of waiting to to get back. But, you know, in the meantime, um, I've been working on some new material. I've talked to my mom a lot. She's the source of my, um, my material. So, you know, that has been really going really well, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we are. Well, speaking of your mom, um, because, you know, obviously we are a podcast and for those that don't know, I am, Filipino American. So, you know, my, my background is Filipino. And so what about you? What is Linda Schwartz? What would you identify as? (laughs) Well, I identify as Linda Schwartz, but, (laughs) but, um, but I'm Lao American and, you know, my parents are from Laos. They immigrated from Laos in 1979. And Mm. I was born in Savannah, Georgia in 1982. So I, I just turned 39, um, last week. 
Happy birthday, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You don't look a day over 25 like oh, all Asians. Thank you. Thank you. That's, <laughs> you know, also, uh, luckily due to me doing a lot of face yoga too. So, <laughs> oh, there's that. There's face mm. yoga. That's a thing. Oh, That's- yes, it is definitely a thing and it is wonderful. I highly recommend everybody look into it. But as we're like actually, you know, presenting this podcast, it's we're currently celebrating the Lunar New Year for those that celebrate the Lunar New Year, which is mostly uh, commonly associated with the Chinese New Year or Spring Festival. Now, is that something that you celebrate? No, I do not celebrate. So coming up as a Lao person in Savannah, Georgia, in the 80s. Uh I did not see very many people like myself. As a matter of fact, we lived in a small housing project where there were a lot of like country ass white people. (laughs) And, um, and so I always felt out of place. I went to school with a bunch of black kids and a bunch of white kids. And there were only really like five Lao families and we were different age ranges. So we went to different schools. And at my particular school, I was maybe one in five Asian kids at the whole school. Wow. Yeah. So I was really conflicted. I had, I grew up with a very um, non-traditional Lao family, I guess you could say. We were the, we were the family that you, that other parents didn't want their kids to play with because, um, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. My parents were divorced. My brothers were the kids who were like, um, you know, out after midnight doing things I shouldn't be doing. Ah. And so, I mean, I remember just growing up in Savannah, Georgia, you know, this, this Asian kid who I, I was having a identity and an identity crisis uh-huh. at like five years old. I was like, what am I doing here? Who am I? Why don't I look like everybody else? Why don't I eat like everybody else? Ah. And, you know, so we ate a lot of weird food. And I, I, at one point, I just remember refusing to eat Lao food from, you know, for any home cooked meals. I'm like, this is not what I want to eat. I don't belong in this family. I don't think that I need to be here. So, you know, and I kind of almost ended up in on the wrong side of the street. But I, I think that there were some inner things that kind of led me back to, um, the light. That's fascinating. You bring that up because I grew up here in San Diego most of my life. My dad was in the military. And so luckily for us, I mean, a lot of people who know who, you know, are kids growing up in the military, you tend to move a lot. But like I said, luckily for me, we didn't move very much, but I can relate in the sense that I would, you know, be excited to have a lunch pail and bring my lunch. But then when I would open my lunch, I literally would have adobo, chicken adobo with rice. I would have spam uh, sandwiches. And kids are like, why am I trading my peanut butter and jelly sandwich with this kid who's got like some stinky meat that's canned? Like, what is that about? And I honestly grew up embarrassed being Filipino and be embarrassed being Asian. And, and I would kind of assimilate, like when people are like, what, what, you know, are you Mexican? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever you think. (laughs) I I honestly would say, yeah, sure. Whatever. I would never really immediately would say Filipino. And I grew up in a, you know, San Diego's considered a pretty big city compared to Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely can relate with uh, the situation that you, you went through. And I mean, when did you eventually, I guess, 
did you ever really embrace your, you know, Laotian culture? Not when I was younger. I like you, I I grew up so ashamed of being Lao. Like it took me just in the last let's say five years <laughs> to even admit to myself and even say that I was, that I am, or I identify as Lao American. Uh-huh. Um, and to answer your initial question, no, I don't celebrate Lunar New Year because I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't raised in a family that had these kinds of celebrations. We, right. we don't have these traditions that, that be, well, I mean, my dad would always go to parties, but you know, they weren't the, <laughs> they weren't the big lunar new year or Lao new year type parties. It was always like these house parties where they played cards and stayed literally would play cards all weekend long and would just leave the kids up to, you know, do whatever they wanted to do. But at any rate, um, yeah, I was ashamed of being Lao. I had a lot of, um, just identity issues when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I stood I on things. It was just like where I didn't know a lot of my family history. I, you know, and then my dad passed away. So that part of me is completely gone. I, I can't go back and, and ask him where he came from or um, what, what his life was like in Laos. And, you know, and that's kind of why my, I mean, my mom and I were estranged for many, many years. I didn't talk to her for a period of like 10 or 15 years. Wow. And then it, you know, as I got older, I realized that I really needed to make amends with my mom because she's the only link to my, my past and my history. So we've been getting along much better. I talk to her a lot now, um, made amends, but you know, growing up, I just didn't have the capacity to think about anything else except how shitty my life was. Right. Right. I mean, when (laughs) did you eventually, when did you eventually get to leave Savannah, Georgia? Well, you know, my parents were divorced when I was two and a half. So I was going back and forth between the two of them um, and between other family members in different states and different cities. um, Wow. Or, I mean, it felt like I was in a military family because I was moving all the time. And, but I came back to California permanently when I was 14 in 1996. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So I've been here since then. No, so then, okay, let's, we're going to fast forward real quick. You, you, uh, are you married? I'm married. I have a kid. My life is fantastic. I love my life. It's, it's wonderful. I, (laughs) I've done a lot of healing work. Now question, because I did introduce you as Linda Schwartz. Schwartz doesn't sound very typically Laotian to me. Mm -mm. Um, Did you marry a Laotian person? Allow person? Clearly not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I married somebody who I could take the last name and not have anybody ask me how to spell it or how to pronounce it because <laughs> I. So my maiden name is Parathacoon, spelled P H A R A T H I K O U N E. That's thirteen letters. That's half of the <laughs> English alphabet. <laughs> and um, you know, I seriously, I when we got married, I was like, oh my gosh, this it's such a it, it was such a burden, you know, right. going through life with this last name. I'm like, I 
I have to pronounce it every single time. I have to spell it slowly every single time I'm on the phone with somebody. And it's like, I just, I just want, I just want an easy name. I just want an easy name. (laughs) So Schwartz is what I got. So that was your your determination, your determiner of like who you would date. Oh, what's your last name? Exactly. Schwartz. Okay, good. Bing. We're, we're on the right track. Check mark Smith? one. We're oh, good. Perfect. Jones. Okay, good, good, good. Good to hear. Yes. <laughs> That's Ex- funny. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see, I, I mean, I, uh, like I said, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from because like, like I said, I wasn't you know, I grew up, um, I'm a lot older than you. I mean, I'm Asian, but Asians don't raisin. So a lot of people don't really know how <laughs> old I am, but I will be a magnificent 47 this year. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. See? Good, so, hey, it's those, that, that face I yoga, know. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that face yoga. No. Um, but yeah, I was like you, you know, like I said, I grew up, uh, not really, you know, mentioning I was Filipino. I, um, I ended up, um, I went to college for a little while and yes, um, before the jokes even start, I was going to be in the medical field, um, <laughs> was going to school in the, to be in the medical field. And then I realized, wait, these are my parents' dreams, not my dreams. Yes. So I literally up and left, um, my freshman year and I took a trip and I disca- decided, I call it my Forrest Gump trip. And I traveled to places that are very opposite of San Diego. So you found me in Idaho. Mm. Found me in um, Montana, mm-hmm. Colorado. Um, I ended up living in Utah, and, oh. and literally, these people were like, "Now, now, <laughs> what? What kind of Asian are you? Or like, uh, are you like?" And and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Yes. Um, a, a lot of people are like, "Oh, so you're Native American? Which tribe do you belong to?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> Not not Native American either, um, but thanks for that. Um, but I wouldn't even mention like what I was to them either. And this was like my 20s. So, I mean, it took me a while to really identify being Filipino. I was not like my brothers who were like fit the stereotypical Filipino ways of going to, you know, singing and dancing and yes, going guitar, to playing guitar, going nursing to school. Yeah, going to college. My brother's in pharmaceutical sales. My other one is... Uh, <laughs> For sure, and sales of some sort. But yeah, no, it's I, I did the creative thing, and that was my my route uh, to life. But yeah, no, I, I even married outside of the you know the race. I, I didn't marry Filipino. I married a Hispanic woman. My Ooh. my kids are beautiful Mexicano mm, kids. I love and, it. And um, yeah, no, it's and it's great. And and to this day, I embrace my Filipino ness, if that's even a word. Um, but I do make sure I instill like the culture with my my um my kids um cuz they are half filipino and it's funny because just recently we, i went to a party and my parents for sure were like oh make sure there's a filipino term of endearment for older siblings and it's uh to call your um older brother it's kuya, kuya and to call yeah. your your older sister ate my parents were strong like telling my kids okay make sure you say ate make sure you say kuya like to all the cousins and stuff and i'm like mom dad, it's okay if they don't say it, if they don't know, like, that's cool. And, and it was weird to see that my parents were hardcore, like, okay, you're Filipino. Like, yeah. here's what you need to be doing. You need to eat rice. You need to have top ramen. Like, this is your thing. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I don't know. If, I mean, obviously you're back with your family. Is that a thing for you to- Oh, really my mom instill? doesn't tell me what to do ever. I love oh, okay. it. That's that's the nature <laughs> of our relationship now because it's like she's you know never really uh, we've never had that kind of endearing. Re- well, let me take a step back and say we've never really had a healthy relationship 
So this is actually the first time that we've had a healthy relationship. So it's, you know, I've had to set a lot of boundaries in the healing process of our relationship. So now, you know, I, she doesn't ever tell me what to do anymore. Like when I was younger, one of the reasons, so I left home when I was 16, I, I was out living an independent life, paying my own bills, paying my own rent when I was 16 years old. And so, and it was because my mom was so, when I was living with her, she was so strict and we didn't have that foundation of her being in my life to say, for her to tell me what to do and for me to listen. Right. So, Mm -hmm. right. I was like, okay, well, who are you to tell me what to do? This is my life. You've never been there for me. So I am going to just go ahead and, um, take a really, really big risk and leave. So I did, and I made it just fine. But, um, you know, we, I didn't have that kind of, uh, relationship with her to begin with. So it was just so now it's like, you know, when we have conversations, they're really nice conversations of us just getting to know each other again and, and okay. really, you know, and, you know, um, you were talking a little bit about being, um, embracing your Filipino-ness and I'm kind of in the same boat with you in, in terms of me really embracing the Lao culture now. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't, I, you know, day to day, I'm not, trying to teach my kid how to be Lao or anything like that. Cause number one, I don't have that foundation for myself because right. um, I'm fully assimilated. I am fully assimilated. I <laughs> consider my, you know, I don't even make Lao food, but I'm learning. I'm in the process of learning how to be more Lao and embracing my culture more and, you know, really, um, coming to know what it is that my, my culture is about and learning my history as, as a Lao American, um, how my mom got here, what that was like for her, what the journey was like for her and how she became who she is in America today. And, and that's been a very interesting journey and conversation between us. And it's just been such a enlightening kind of, um, opportunity because, you know, I just have so much more compassion and so much more love and so much more respect for my mom than I ever have before. And, you know, when you're growing up and you don't understand what's going on, why your life is the way that it is, um, you don't get perspective until you're older and you start digging for answers. And I've always been on this journey of digging for answers and seeking out more and learning. And it's come full circle in that now that I've you know, come to terms about who I am as a person, as a human being, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, you know, now I can come to terms with who I am as a daughter um, to this Lao woman who came here uh, in, in the throes of, of a war, you know? Right. No, that's not, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I feel like a lot of kids um, or teens or, you know, young adults that are, you know, have uh, family from wherever, you know, whether Asian or not, um, you know, that their parents are, you know, first, you know, from the original OG country, I guess. And then, you know, them being first generation uh, born American, it's, uh, it's interesting to, you know, I think everybody needs their own type of self-discovery situation to figure themselves out and figure out their culture and figure out how they want to represent themselves and represent their culture. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. So now that you've embraced being Filipino, what's your favorite thing about being Filipino? 
I mean, I can say these typical answers, the food, of course, because <laughs> I, um, when we got married, my wife, my mom gave my wife and I a recipe book, oh. um, which I didn't know like existed or anything. And so I learned, I forced myself to make chicken adobo, mm. um, you know, Filipino lumpia, you know, wrap it the right way. You know, I, it, it made me, it, it, that was kind of cool. Like I, that kind of started the journey. What about you? Oh, um, my favorite thing about being Lao is also the food. Like I've kind of been obsessed with the food, although I have this allergy to MSG. So I, um, I, and Lao food is like chock full of that crap. So I just have to, um, I'm figuring out ways to adapt recipes, but that's been really, really fun for me because I, the flavors in Lao food are just so robust and so good um, and funky. You know, when you're talking about like taking stinky food to school, like Lao food is like the funkiest. It's like the stinkiest (laughs) of all all these Asian food, you know? So um, that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's like my least favorite thing about it, but it's also like the most um I'm really coming to terms with it. My cousin sent me uh, a bottle of um like fermented fish sauce, which in Lao is called fedak. And uh-huh. it is like literally hidden somewhere in the back of my cupboard because I'm afraid to open it in front of my husband. <laughs> I was like waiting <laughs> for him to go on a trip so that I can so that he, I can open it and make something. But yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I, I really love the Lao food. And I think we get, you know, at the end of the day, if we can't agree on anything, we can agree on food, I think. That's right. That's right. Uh, we all can agree on food. But God, I, I I feel like I can talk to you more. And I know, obviously, as we continue these podcasts, you will be jumping in oh, and, yes. you know, being a co-host uh, with us. So I want to thank you so much for being our guest today for the very first episode. I appreciate I, you know, you joining us and oh, to learn more of, of course, and to learn more about you and the She Shed comedy, where can people find you? Well, people can check out my website at sheshedcomedy.com and I am officially off of social media. So um, you won't be able to find me anywhere, but you still can go to my website. Oh, okay. Sheshedcomedy.com. I know, I know I'm a rebel. What do you think? <laughs> you are a rebel. I feel like I need to take the cleanse as well. I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things. Um, but for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts uh, or future topics, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can reach us at Asian Voices Radio um, at, at Podbean. Um, that's where you can also subscribe to the podcast and find it at AsianVoicesRadio.com. Again, AsianVoicesRadio.com. Um, And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But until next week, I am Hula Ramos on behalf of my co-host, Linda Schwartz. Thank you so much for listening. And please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Take care till then. We'll see ya.